0: Love Talk Radio.
1: everyone uh
2: make sure that uh you guys that are on, on, in the online make sure that uh you can hear me so you can hear me somebody uh post on there that uh, the show's going out as it should and uh i would like to thank everybody for uh staying with the show and making sure that uh They were doing their best to make the virtual muster night uh, a success. We've got 418 uh, folks online right now. And you guys in the online chat say you can hear me so good. Uh, Make sure that you're listening to the the 9 o'clock show for tonight. That's the continuation show and not one of the uh, uh, archive shows. Uh, I know that uh, the way they have it set up there, it's a little bit, sometimes it can be a little bit confusing. But make sure you're listening to the show that's scheduled for 9 o'clock tonight for the continuation show. All right, Texas is 418 uh, online right now, and we're also still looking for uh, for the boss to show up, and I believe he has. Uh, So, let's see, 700, I mean 75 folks. Uh, currently on the online chat, and uh, if somebody will post on the forum too that the show is back up uh I'd appreciate that and we're gonna be bring <clears throat> uh Fred on the show Fred, welcome to the show.
3: It's good to be here
2: well we're glad that uh that you called in uh, everybody would like to uh to get a few words from you before they head out uh uh, and make history this coming weekend,
3: well, I hope everybody will be checking their emails because uh everyone who's an instructor in the program should be getting an email later tonight. uh I was tied up with uh getting an ad into shotgun news the deadlines tonight, plus uh trying to draft that uh that news that uh it's not quite a newsletter, but it's a uh, it's a message to all of our instructors to follow up on the on the one that I sent out this weekend. So uh, it looks like we're going to have a a heck of a a weekend coming up. I think the total now is what 99. Right. And uh, we already have more people sign up than last year. Big question in my mind is how close we're going to come to doubling. It looks like a long shot at the moment. But uh, you know, we can always hope. There's still uh what three more days for people to sign up. And uh, there there is a tendency for last minute sign ups to uh to be the norm. Right. Right. And So um you know, let's let's let us let us let us hope. And then next week comes the AAR where we sit down and we say, Okay, what the heck did we do right? What the heck did we do wrong? Uh, what do we want to do different and better next time
2: right and uh, uh, I know that you have uh, taken special pains this year to honor the uh, the fallen appleseed instructor and we just want to give you a few, if you could uh, give us some of your thoughts on her and how she exemplified uh, the appleseed spirit.
3: Well, I never had the opportunity to meet her, and uh of course, I regret that, but the guys in Florida uh were so impressed with her that um <clears throat> her passing obviously affected them greatly i don't I didn't hear the program early tonight because I was working on the shotgun news ad but uh so I don't know if anybody from Florida called in, but uh, we didn't have the Florida folks uh,
2: but Ball drag i mean Coley uh, cat called in and talked because he's the one that gave her the rifleman's patch, and he said that after, uh, after she, was, she, she learned the skills and techniques that the minute she shot her rifleman score, she put down her rifle and said, the girl next to me needs some help, and she started giving instruction right then and there.
3: Well, she's got to be an impressive person because the Florida guys almost immediately after uh she passed uh did, you know came up with her special purple rifleman badge in her honor and uh I don't recall being involved in that at all. they just decided to do it and and um, ordered the patches and I assume now that if you qualify as a rifleman in Florida you get a you get a purple patch and uh I gotta tell you i was uh, this is a strange program. I mean, people that you don't know or that you've never known uh can affect you in ways that um uh, you know, before you got this program you'd be you'd be highly doubtful that uh anything like that could happen. But uh when I read her story, when I read uh you know, what her what the people who knew her in the program had to say about her Uh, you really begin to understand that this program is a way of acting on people. And um, I don't know, I've been around a few years now, but uh, I have to say it's remarkable.
2: Well, I know that I see it at every event. There's not a single event that I don't see that uh, occur in some way, and not a small way, I'm talking about a big way, and the majority of the time you'll see it on Sunday. On Sunday at the benediction, you'll see those folks that have stayed through every minute of it, and they're there, and they're waiting, and they're listening. Uh, they're listening to the end of the program, and, and they'll come up and tell you after that. They'll say, listen, this, is, this has changed my life. Uh, you know, From this day, from this point onward, I'm no longer that person that I was before. Uh, I've got a new goal. I've got new. Uh, I've got a new mission in my life, and you can tell when you look in their face and they tell you this; they're not shining you. I mean, they 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 have had a uh, a a change, a, a major sea change in their life.
3: I've been at Appleseeds, and I know you have too. And a lot of our instructors have been at Apple Seeds for a late Sunday afternoon when. When there's just the last few people there, the diehards who are there, and you're giving them the benediction, and it's almost like they don't want to leave. They'll, they'll stand there and listen as long as you have something to say. And un- unfortunately, I usually have plenty to say because there's always another story of the Revolutionary War or there's a there's, uh, the story of something on the Appleseed Trail, you know, the one that I like to tell about the one the um, the big one that we had in uh, Evansville, Indiana. It was about the third one in the program. And uh, 156 people. And after it was over with, some guy came up to me and he said, Fred, I just want to thank you for this program. He said, um, I just got back from a tour of duty in Iraq. He said, I got back about three months ago. And he said, I don't know what happened, but uh, he said, when I came back, I, I, I couldn't communicate with my fifteen year old daughter he said there was just a barrier there between us, and he said, You know we came to this appleseed. He said, we got involved in working on i m c and and you know coaching each other and and working to solve the problems of trying to trying to learn to shoot and he said, The barrier's gone now. He said, We're back to the way we were before, and uh, that was my first hint I think that that this program has has benefits and impacts that none of us anticipated.
2: Well, I know that uh, I know that I see this a great deal in the kids, and uh, I, I see it in everybody. But I'll, some of the most marked uh, changes I see will will be in the kids. They'll come in Saturday mornings. They'll have their uh, They'll be chewing bubble gum and playing with their video game, and you can tell that they, uh, uh, this is not something that they would really have picked for themselves. And they'll get down on the line, and we'll usually separate them uh, from whoever they came with, their, their mom, their dad, their grandfather, or something like that. And then the instructors will be working with them, and they'll be treating them as young adults. They'll get, be giving them the instruction, uh, they'll be treating them, uh, as individual young adults, and then by the end of the day Saturday, there is a complete change in them. I I don't know if it's it could be the very first time that anyone has treated them in that fashion. That someone hasn't treated them like a kid, uh, but by the end of the day, and I've seen this I've seen this over and over and over. By the end of the day, when you're talking to the folks on Saturday, they say, "Well." Uh, we, we just came for the day because of uh, of the kid, and the kid turns right around and tells them right then, please, please, can we come back tomorrow? And then after the end of the day on Sunday, uh, a lot of times the parents are almost in shock because the kid, he's the one in the very front of the crowd listening to the story. He's the one who's, uh, who is talking about the six steps and about the seventh step, about passing it on. And the parents are just looking on in amazement, and every time I see that 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 keeps me coming back that keeps me coming back every uh every time I come back to an apple seed is i'm I'm looking for that same thing
3: and the nice thing is that uh some of that shows up on the site uh on our forum, so that you you don't even have to be there. But then you come and you look at the AAR after a particular apple seed, and you see a post there that, that said, guys, I really appreciate this. Uh, you know, I brought my uh, my 12-year-old daughter with me, and it's, we just got home. It's Sunday night, and uh, she's all excited. She can't wait to go to school in the morning because she's going to the library, and she wants to check out a book on the Revolutionary War. And, you know, you're willing to bet that, before Saturday morning, when she showed up, she probably had no more idea what the Revolutionary War was about than, uh, you know, than a lot of other things she didn't know anything about. But here, because she's participated in our weekend program, uh, you know, she's all excited Sunday night about getting to school the next day. Right, checking out a book.
2: Right, checking out a book on it, and and like I said, this this is not a little thing. We're not talking about uh, just a little tiny bump in the highway. We're talking about changing people's lives forever. These people are going to be able to look back at this point, at this event, at that moment, and say, this is where my life changed. Uh, and, and not just the kids. I mean, the adults, too. Uh, whenever this happens to someone, and they realize that, uh, and I, the same thing happened for me. I thought that after my six years of service uh, to the armed forces that I had paid my debt in full uh, to the nation. Uh, When I first started reading Fred's columns, uh, well, I wasn't reading them. I was just reading the first couple of lines and and thinking.
3: I wonder
2: who the crazy guy was. Yeah. Well, I I wrote a post about it. I wrote a story about that when I first started it. You know, I thought that you were like the guy uh, with the sandwich board and the bell, you know, ringing the bell and, and saying, uh, listen, the world is coming to an end. And, uh, and I thought to myself, uh, you started talking about Revolutionary War uh, folks and stuff, and, I, and at the time I thought, oh, my gosh, he's talking about Revolutionary War people. Uh, you know, that was over 200 years ago. That's old, dusty history, and I, I don't have time for that. And I think about that now, and I think about how ashamed I am. Uh, about that, I don't have time to remember the people who gave me the country that I'm living in now, with all the freedoms attached to it. If I don't have time for that, then
3: I, I don't deserve to live here. Mm. Well, that's that's pretty harsh, but uh, I got to tell you, I understand I understand the sentiments behind it completely. I have a, a life of being a complete worthless doofus behind me, and. Uh, a lot of a lot of lost opportunities, and uh, but you know we have to just uh, buckle down and do what needs to be done. Right now, um, this program, uh, you know, finally has a track record. You know, four years ago, uh, you could say we're going to double this program every year, and people would just kind of could they could they had the freedom to snicker. But now four years later, or actually our, I guess this is our fifth year, uh we've actually done it. We, you know, the 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 volunteers in the program. And yet, um while this program has a lot of magical qualities about it, uh its growth is not magical. Its growth is the result of pure sweat by the people in it, by the volunteers in it. They're they are what drives this program they're what makes this program double every year and um, of course none of us knows what what lies in the future we can only hope for the best and I try and tell people at apple seeds that I'm at that um, you know the, the, the jury is out on why the American people really care enough to want to get off the couch and and, and do something um, as a practical matter, though, we have to face the possibility that at some point the growth in this program is going to slow. Well, it, it has to at some point because what? There's only 300 million people in this in this country, and once we reach those 300 million, the growth is going to stop unless we decide to spread out across the globe. But I'm actually concerned more about the intermediate term. I'm concerned about this year, next year, the year after, because I don't want this growth to slow down until we at least reach 2016, when we have somewhere around 600,000 people projected to go through the program, which with the previous year's accumulated total would mean we, one of us, one of our instructors is going to shake the hand of the one millionth apple cedar that year. And um I'm sure hope that be nice if I could be there, but I sure hope whatever instructor does it will turn to the crowd that's there and, and ask a question. He'll say, This is the one millionth apple cedar Everybody will applaud and he'll say, Okay guys, uh do we stop now? Or do we double another year? And of course I hope everybody'll say, No, don't stop now. Let's let's double another year. But there's always a concern that uh, the well may be a lot shallower than we think, and that at some point between here and 2016, uh, you know, we may hit a wall. We may not hit a wall. Maybe we'll hit. Uh, we'll just hit a, a slowing down. And um, you know, I, I I could say that I I see some signs now, although the very early signs are. Um, are kind of hard to make out, and they could be, you know, they could be false. They could be just early signs that don't pan out to anything. But at the same time, it's it's important to everybody who volunteers in this program to understand that there is no magic behind the growth of this program. That we, if we choose to sit back and. You know, be all agog at this program doubling every year, and I mean, we we survived a lot of a lot of problems. We survived organizational problems, personality conflicts. We survived the high price of gas a couple of years ago. We survived we survived the uh, you know the drying up of cheap surplus ammo. We survived a lot of things in this program, and we've still been able to stay on track as far as doubling. But if we all fall into the fallacy of thinking that somehow the program inherently has to double every year, uh, that's when we're going to find out that, in the context of doubling this program every year, there is no magic. It's just pure sweat. And to the extent that, which which tells me we never want to sit back and relax about this program that every year is a tougher year than the year before. Next year is going to be harder than this year. This year was harder than last year. I mean, I still remember the first year, and I thought the first year we had to beat our our heads against the wall to make, you know, the thousand for that first year. I mean, we had projected we could do it in 10 apple seeds, and it turned out to get the numbers we had to do 17 apple seeds.
2: Right. Right, and...
3: So it, 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 this is a this, the, the the fact that this program doubles every year is a is a concrete result of all the sweat the effort and the energy that's put into it by the people who volunteer for it
2: well the folks at the folks at Boston uh, at the end of April beginning of may beginning of June thought that was going to be the end of it. They thought that that was going to settle it then and there, and uh, unfortunately, there was another eight long years, and, and, you know, I try and tell everybody that uh, they have to look at the program and think of the program as, <clears throat> as a marathon, and, that, uh, and I, the way I learned this was from you, because, of course, in the beginning, you know, I, was, uh, I had my foot pressed to the floor uh, trying to run at 100 miles an hour the whole time and you kept telling me slow down scouts slow down this is a marathon for the duration it's in a race and uh, it was hard to it was hard to figure that out and accept that at the time but and I'm still learning about how to do that but everybody needs to keep that in their head is that that this isn't the the way that you change a nation uh the way that you affect history uh, forever doesn't happen instantly or automatically it it takes holding your nose to the grindstone it takes putting one foot in front of the other every day and it, sometimes it takes a while and uh, we have to be uh we have to be ready uh to be in this for the duration until we achieve our goals
3: persistence right
2: persisting to the end and
3: yep and even if we are successful and get to 2 million in 2017 and 4 million in 2018 and 8 million in 2019 and we do see the spirit of Apple Feed the respect for the founders uh, not just the respect but the growing awareness of what they did of what the American Revolution was about and the growing appreciation or the importance of preserving their heritage, even if we see that uh, start to percolate through our society, uh, we're still going to, uh, you know, people are people. And a wave of enthusiasm sweeps through our society uh, for the Revolutionary War. Um, that's, a, that's a wave. I mean, it's going to be like a hula hoop. It'll, it'll be a, It could be a national craze for a year, maybe two years and then people are going to start to lose interest and move on to something else. And that's where this program is going to have to continue. i, I got a hunch it's going to have to continue into the end of the future.
2: Well, when we were talking we were talking about this uh, just a while back, and when we were predicting the first Appleseed president uh, right about the time of of 2017, right?
3: Well, actually, I said 2028, 20, but I just plucked the number out of, out of the air. And I didn't say – I'm not sure I said he'd be the president. I said we'd see the first apple cedar running for president. But actually, I'm, I'm thinking it'll be earlier than that.
2: I think it will be, too.
3: It depends on how you define apple cedar. I mean, if you define it as somebody who's been to an apple seed, who's running for president, then uh, it could be – gosh, it could be as early as 2018. But if you define it as an apple seed, or somebody who's been to an apple seed and has actually absorbed, uh, you know what we want them to absorb, it might be, uh, it might be twenty twenty four or twenty twenty eight.
2: Okay,
1: we got four thirty
3: seven. That's great. I was going to say we can figure that the construction of the Appleseed Museum on the Mall on the, on the Mall in Washington will probably start around 2030 or 2032. <laughs> okay. I understand there's going to be one wing is going to be dedicated to scouts. That mysterious Texan who got in early in the program and and uh, his radio program went viral probably in 2014 or
2: 2015. Well, speaking of that. Uh we've got uh, We've got everything ready to roll now for the the first uh, major Appleseed billboards in the nation, and uh, we're ready to start putting them up and I think that once we start doing that, uh, like you said earlier, Appleseed has grown from uh, a couple of guys sitting around talking about it to where we are now, and where we are now is even though it's only uh, the beginning of the fifth year of the program, we are light years ahead of where we were before. I've never heard of a program growing this fast or having the name recognition that we do now. But the billboards are going to send us into a whole uh, new galaxy of name recognition. They're going to start drawing a whole new group of folks. So uh, I think that that, you know, we're talking about, Uh, the growth of the program, you know, we had to get up to a certain point before uh, before we can, like, reach the next stepping stone. And part of that is by showing folks that we're not just another flash in the pan, that we said we were going to do something, and we stuck around, and we're still here four years later, we're still doing it, and we're actually doing what we said we were going to do. So that has gotten us a lot of respect from folks, because everybody in the world says, hey, I'm going to start this, I'm going to start this club up and do this. And uh, when you first do that, when we first went out to the gun shows or asked people for radio time, airtime, time, stuff like that, we were just one of uh, a thousand other groups who said, we're going to do such and such. The only difference being now is that we've done it. We did what we said we were going to do, and we keep doing it. We keep grinding it out every day. So now we're getting to the point where we do have uh, – we. We have sometimes had to, uh, you know, grudgingly drag the respect out of people, but we're getting it, and we're each time we do, every year we achieve, uh, we get another uh, another rung up on the ladder, and we're able to reach a higher group now, and uh, and that's just the way that we're going to do it, is one step at a time.
3: Anytime uh, a well-known gun writer comes to an Appleseed, and then goes and writes a, a favorable review uh certainly that's a plus the right, and remember that
2: uh all you folks out there remember that uh uh that Masada Ayub wrote the uh, a great article in the Backwoods home, and uh we are we're asking you guys to get you and your buddies to uh to go out and sell that issue out. Uh, remember what I told you guys. That if you want to get, buy one for you to keep in your library, uh, you buy one that you can donate to the local museum, and then buy one that you can uh, that you can loan out to people to read. When they ask you what is what is Appleseed about, then you can hand them this uh, this magazine from Backwoods Home that has a, uh, I believe it's a seven-page article from Masad Ayub in it talking about Appleseed, and he has really gotten behind the program. But then it also has a second article in it. So there's two articles in that one magazine about the program. Every day we're picking up more and more folks. We'll pick up uh, different uh, uh, radio shows. are talking about it. Sam uh, was just on Dairy Brownfield again. Uh, we've got folks every day doing it. Mean Streaker is getting ready to uh, speak on the NRA uh, radio show. So every day we're getting more and more uh, legitimate, more and more respect uh, from our peers.
3: So uh, I'm supposed to... to be a big a big plus. I agree with you on that, Scout. Uh, let's you've see. Got, Is Backwoods? A... I'm sorry.
2: i, I just I've just got a couple of questions from people saying, "Is Backwoods home on the newsstands yet?" And I think that right now, I think that just the folks that. Uh, have a subscription to it are getting it. I don't think it's actually hit the stands yet. It may have, but I think the people that have the subscriptions to it are getting it in the mail. Yeah, I see Jules is saying she just got hers in the mail last week, so it should be on the stands this coming week. And then, uh, and then I'm supposed to ask you. Oh, Glory has told me to ask you where are the where you're going to be this weekend, Fred.
3: I don't know yet. It's going to be wherever the need is greatest. And uh there's still some believe it or not, there's still a couple of balls up in the air as to um um you know, where I can where I can best be of use in the program.
2: Well, uh Savage uh we talked with uh, Savage and Western Rose and a couple of the other folks and I put it out that uh I asked the all of the shoot bosses to look through their uh look through the cadre they have scheduled for the shoots tonight and slice off uh, the folks that have uh, good red hats to slice off two of them to send to uh, Carrollton and Stinson. I believe that's the only two that we have left
3: mm-hmm.
2: uh, as far as being covered, needing to be covered.
3: And they do need to be covered. The last so, thing we want to do is cancel an apple seed on, for 419. Right. So Actually, technically, we wouldn't cancel them we'd, we'd either transfer them to the nearest one uh, or we'd postpone it to some other day but we we don't really want to do that either that's uh not you know we have what, ninety nine apple seeds on the official schedule and hundred and forty shoot boss qualified people uh you'd think we'd be able to to be you know be able to man ninety nine without any problem. But, if we extend that to include red hats, and this would be a great opportunity for red Hat to break into the shoot boss um, the shoot boss function uh gosh we we must have a pool out there of several hundred people, and all we need is um all we need is somebody to volunteer for Carrollton. It's going to be a fairly small event. I think we have something like fourteen signed up. And uh Stenson will probably be about the same size. So this would be a great way uh for a red hat uh to get to get some shoot boss experience. And if I'm not mistaken, uh, I think Nickel uh just confirmed uh this earlier in a, in a, in, a, in, a, in an email, uh if you serve in a shoot boss function, you're entitled to the shoot boss rocker. So you patch junkies out there, um, if you're interested in uh, a shoot boss rocker, this would be a chance to get it.
2: Right. And, uh, listen, I I just had a question, too, from Western Rose saying, who is sending out the purple patches? Now, I thought that uh, in the email that I got uh, concerning the April 17th, 18th weekend, that that Bulkhead was going to be sending out an envelope with – the special patches in it, and that it was going to include some purple patches. Uh, do you know if that uh, is how they're coming out?
3: Uh, actually, coming out both ways. Uh, he's already sent out some shoot bo- boxes. So, in in those cases where the shoot box already went out, uh, he, he, he told me he's sending out a separate package with the other materials. And it's not just the purple badges, there's also a, um, I don't know if you described this already tonight or not, but there's a there's a neat little kind of an envelope, uh, which contains some um, some letters written by people who knew um, the Florida instructor who who were memorializing this weekend, and uh, some of the letters are, are are well. There's no other way to say it, but they're they're, they're quite touching. And uh, to the extent that we, you know, shoot bosses want to mention this weekend that. This whole, you know, coast-to-coast event is dedicated to this to this one instructor. Um, these are things that can be handed out to the people attending the Appleseed, and uh, hopefully they'll 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 see they'll, they'll they'll sort of get an intimate look at, at what kind of person um, comes into this program. I mean, this this lady, Jackie Wells. Um, I don't know exactly what her age was. I think she was in her fifties, right? Or it could be her early sixties. And she's not exactly the you know the first person that you pick out walking down the block and say, "Boy, that lady if she goes to a rifle marksmanship clinic is going to get so thrilled and enthused about it that she wants to become an instructor."
1: Okay, that's
3: one, hey. you know, one thing that's good about this program. We we we. You know we uh, we have grandmothers who are instructors, and we also have uh, teenagers who are instructors. And I like to say, you know, there's there's a place in this program for you know useless old guys.
2: Okay, listen, I'm going to bring a couple of uh, callers on. Uh, I think they may want to ask you some questions. Uh, area code seven one three two zero four. You're on the air.
1: Hello. Rusty Dog from Cyprus.
2: <laughs> Rusty Dog. Is this Russell?
1: Yep. <laughs> okay. Can you believe it? I don't know how I stumbled onto this web page, man. <laughs> I think he uh, was, uh, I think. Anyway, just letting you know, I was going to say hello to you. Well, I'd like I, to hear you out there volunteering so much.
2: Well, I, I appreciate that. So, so this means that you're going to start
1: volunteering too, right? Uh... I do a lot of volunteering right now, at, so on other projects. But uh, I'm listening, and I'm uh, matter of fact, I was talking today down at the uh, work, and some people were talking in the frame of mine that I thought they might want to know about apple seed. And as it turned out, uh, they were already headed to it. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> well, even uh, the the handouts you gave me came in handy, and that helped them a little bit, and. They're excited about coming to a shoot.
2: Well, that sounds great. Uh, this is uh, Rusty Dog is actually my brother, and uh, <laughs> he he lives in Cyprus. And uh, I was talking to him last week about this, and we started talking about the Apple Tea program. And at first, uh, at first, he actually gave me the the reply that uh, that I hear from people a lot of times, which was, I- "I'm glad you're doing this." Because it makes my head hurt to think about this, and uh, and so I, I'm glad to see that you're listening and that uh, that you're actually called in because uh, uh, because I could use some help.
1: <laughs> well, we all couldn't, and I, and I, you know, I heard Fred talking about it as well, where he was uh, saying that eventually, uh, hopefully, somebody's going to hear about it, and, and even if they. Even if they don't wake up and jump on the, the wagon right now about what's going on, uh, the good thing is there's a lot of interested people that are going to form the infrastructure, so that whenever people do need to get serious about it, there's going to be something set up and ready to say, okay, here's where you fall in line, here's where you go, and that's where it, that's how it worked uh, a long time ago. They had strong volunteers that had a program already set up, and when the people showed up, they said. Go here. Go there. Do this. This is what we need. And that's what y'all are doing is making sure that the infrastructure is ready to uh, help people know what to do. Well,
3: and, Rust, Rusty, you're doing the other part of it, which is to get the word out so that these folks show up.
1: Yeah, I was quite frankly, I was pretty it. shocked when I mentioned Ampleseed, uh to this person today, and he said, I know all about it. Uh, even though he was going to go to Corpus Christi, I had to re-divert him back to Davila, Texas. Oh, he was going to Corpus Christi? <laughs> <laughs> well, he was trying to figure out which was closer from Houston. I said, well, I'm going to tell you right now, Davila is a lot closer than Corpus is to you, but that's just because I have some you know, personal attention to Davila. So.
2: Now, well, you have, a, you have a little bit of help there because we have another guy that uh, that's working in the same job down there. But uh, like you said, I'm still a little bit surprised, too, that uh, – I say that I'm surprised when I hear about folks, or whenever I ask, tell somebody about it, and they go, "Oh yeah, we knew all about that." But I told you guys as uh, as early as last year, I believe it was last summer, that uh, that we were driving through Temple, Texas, and uh, and I- I've been doing most of the shoots here at the Villa. Uh, at that time, I was especially. So I know just about everybody who has come through the program, and there wasn't that many people from Temple that came through. And all of a sudden the kids start yelling, and they said, Hey, Dad, hey, Dad, there goes a guy on a motorcycle with an Apple C. T-shirt. And uh, that was like the first time I'd ever seen anybody else that wasn't on the way to an event or something. But that's where we're getting. That's where we're headed is, uh, is that people know us now, and they know what we're doing. They know we're doing the right thing. And they want to get involved. They want to help do
1: the right thing. Well, it's good to hear uh, what's going on and what you guys are doing, and we'll keep spreading the word and see where it goes to. All right. Well, Rusty Dog,
2: thanks. Yeah. I hope you sign <laughs> up on the forum too. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hang up on you. I'm just gonna mute the mic and uh, and take another caller on. Thank you for calling in. All
1: right, All right brother. I appreciate
2: see ya. your
3: help.
1: You bet, Fred.
2: All right, let's uh let's grab another caller right now. Cause I know somebody else wants to probably wants to ask you some questions. If you guys want to uh, call in real quick and uh and talk to the boss, the uh the number is uh 347-308-8790. All right, area code 817, you're on the air. The 617 again. 617,
1: 617. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm used to you messing me up, uh, Scott. <laughs> this is Crack in uh, Massachusetts.
2: Well, hey, Crack, how you, crack, doing, Freddy, how you doing?
1: Well, I just got back from another excellent uh, battle road tour. Uh, gave about 11 IIPs and their family members the the whole thing right uh, right on the uh, right on the battle road on Sunday. We spent about uh, eight nine hours out there going through the whole the whole thing, and uh, that's not what I called about. Uh, What I called about was we're having a virtual muster night tonight, right? Yes, sir. What we should be having is a real muster night to get those two shoe boss positions filled. That's a real honest to goodness your country needs you. If you're at some shoot that has too many red hats to think about going and helping the good people of West Virginia uh, out, because somebody came on a plane to wherever your apple seed started. Somebody had to drop whatever they were doing, get on a plane, show up with, uh, you know, not even a suitcase full of targets sometimes and build an apple seed in your piece of the country. And now the same program needs somebody to go do that in West Virginia. And, uh, it's amazing to me that we can't find two people. They're out there. I know they're out there. And I know they're thinking, man, my Appleseed and wherever it is, we're going to have a great Appleseed. We've got all these instructors. And I work pretty stretched thin. But there are places out there with more red hats than lines. And Appleseed needs that red hat to go somewhere else.
2: Right, right. And I've told the folks uh, at the beginning of the show uh, that uh, I want the guys with the the, all the shoe bosses uh, to make sure that they check their cadre, the list of instructors that they have. Grab uh, the uh, the red hat, the the extra red hat. Uh, it's nice to have a uh, a slew of instructors. Now, if you've got a line of 80 people, then yeah, you probably you're probably going to need all six or seven of those. If you have a line of uh, 25 or 35, you just need yourself and one other instructor. Or two instructors make that three of you guys, and you can do the shoot fine. Peel off that extra red hat and redirect them to Kentucky and West Virginia. And let's get those two shoots covered tonight.
1: Yeah, some of the some of the most fun I've ever had as an instructor has been getting dropped into the middle of nowhere, uh, and and meeting uh, you know five or ten or twenty people that I literally would have never met before my entire life a state I'd never would have gone into, and those are the most amazing people I've ever met and think that you literally are keeping appleseed going in that place uh that's that's pretty huge so just want to emphasize how important that was a lost appleseed is a is a terrible tragedy
2: well, I've got a question from uh oh glory for Fred she just uh do so you would like to hear your take on why Fred want, from from your mouth why April nineteenth is important to to you why it's important to us why it's important to the program you still with us
3: Fred well it's actually yeah i'm here i'm here i'm here i'm 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 thinking that over that's a that's a that's a big one to ask um, i guess the... Uh, the closest the closest comparison would be to say that, um, let's just say that your goal is to have America be a Christian nation. And you soon find out everywhere you go that no one has ever heard the story of, of Jesus. And then you start saying, if the goal is to have a Christian nation, and nobody, nobody knows they live in total ignorance of the origins of Christianity. How can they ever pretend to be a Christian nation and actually that's a pretty good that's a pretty good comparison of what we face now if 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 your goal is to have an America where liberty is treasured, and where people are where the definition of America doesn't doesn't hang on a narrow legal definition of where you were born, or you know whether or not you um, uh, you, were, you became a naturalized citizen. But it but if the definition of American means an American means something more. I mean, we say that in this program. We say we say if if we are in fact living on uh, living on the decks of a, a ship that's sinking. Uh, It's just simply not American to continue to sit in the deck chairs and complain about the service. Now, in other parts of the world, I mean, if they're Bulgarians, uh, you know, I don't know what I'd expect. I I mean, I wouldn't get unduly alarmed if they chose to sit in the deck chairs until the water reaches their waist. But if you tell me those are Americans sitting in the deck chairs, then I I become alarmed and, 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 and even disgusted because that's not what being an American is about so April 19th is arguably if you had to choose one day in the history of this country that says this is what America is about or this is what America should be about now, it would be April 19th and this has been a This has been an interesting journey for me to start with the facts of April 19th and then find that there are other questions that I have to try and answer myself. I mean, if I were to ask you what is or what was the American Revolution, what was it about? It's not necessarily a simple question to answer. I mean, you can throw answers out. And some of them will be right, more or less. But to encompass what is the American Revolution is is a challenge. A, to answer, it's a challenge to come up with the an answer. I used to tell people um, that I think uh, I think to the the extent that it came close to being reduced to writing, uh, you find it in the Constitution and the first uh, first ten amendments to it.
2: Well, I, I tell folks whenever in the morning, in the meet and greet, and I tell them what we're doing and what we're getting ready to do, and I talk to them about the history, and I tell them that uh, in order for you to understand who you are, you need to know who you've been. In order, in order to understand where you're going, you need to know where you've gone. If you just uh, popped, popped up in front of me and all you knew was your name was, uh, was Smith and you didn't know what your first name was or, your, or who your parents were or where you were born, you're not going to have any idea of what you are supposed to be doing. How can you know what you're supposed to be doing if you don't know what you've done before? And that is the case with uh, a great deal of Americans. They don't know. They don't know where they came from. They don't know who. They don't know who got them to the point that they're at. They don't know how they got there. And our job, and we can't tell you all of the history of America. We don't. It would take 234 years to do that. And by the time we got to the end of that, we'd be 234 years behind. But we can give you a place to start, and that place is with your birthday, with the birthday of the nation, the birthday of of the of the way that you got to where you are with the events of April 19th, 1775. Before you can figure out what you're going to do or where you're going to go or who you are, you've got to know who you were, where you've been, and uh, that's what we're trying to get folks to understand and to remember. And the fact that we owe... Those men and women, we owe them a huge debt for what they did, a, a debt that that has no real way for us to repay it. There's no way we can repay those guys, but we can honor them. And the way we honor them is by remembering them. The same way that when your grandfather, your grandmother passes on, they're gone. They're gone forever in except in your mind and when you want to when you want to honor them when you want to to make other folks understand how important they were to you then you tell a story about them you tell about something that they did something that they did especially if it was something that they did that changed your life and that's how they stay alive and that's how you honor them and that's what we're going to do with the men and women from april 19th 1775
3: Another way to look at April 19th, and there are many ways to look at it, is that April 19th provides standards and provides values. It's In a way, it's comparable to the uh, AQT, the Army Qualification Test. When you shoot the Army Qualification Test, you don't have to shoot it against any, anybody else to find out how well you shoot. When you shoot the AQT, um, you come up with a score, and then you look and see um, – how it compares to the scores for the various army classifications, marksman, sharpshooter, or expert. And likewise, when we look at April nineteenth, seventeen seventy five, it, it provides it provides something to measure yourself by. And um you know, we most of us, probably all of us, incorporate that in, in telling the first strike when we say that Paul Revere rode at midnight carrying the alarm on April nineteenth. And uh, by dawn of April 19th, 14,000 Americans were marching toward Concord. And then we asked those questions, uh, you know, how how could we do it today? How would we do it today? How would we do getting the alarm out? And how many people could we get to show up? And you run through the questions. You say, how many of you guys could get 10,000? Now, remember, they didn't have phones back then. They didn't have uh, faxes. They didn't have the Internet. We've got all that stuff now. They had to rely on horseback riders, and they got 14,000 turned out on about six hours' notice. How many could we get turned out? And usually nobody will admit that they can get 10,000. And then you say, let's make it even easier. How many of you guys can get 1,000? And I've never had anybody raise their hand then. Now will say, let's make it real easy. How many of you could get 100? And I once had a guy raise his hand. But i got to be honest with you, I didn't blame him. Right. So then you get down to say, well how I many we could get 10. Now you get a few people raise their hands, but then you then you do what I call stick the you stick the knife in. You say, how do you measure how how do you measure the value of liberty to a society? And I would suggest you marry it, you 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 measure it by the amount of people who are willing to turn out to defend it. And by that standard, how do we compare today? with the Society of 1775. Now, that's twisting a knife. You've already stuck the knife in, and now you're twisting it. Because obviously people are going to be hearing this, and they're going to say 14,000 back then in six hours. And some of us could do 10 today. That's a big, big discrepancy. Now, you guys, some of you guys listen... Um, when we had David Hackett Fisher on. And um, I made some comment, sort of suggesting to him that uh, 21st century Americans, I probably said something that had the words 21st century American in it because it kind of flows off your lips after a while. But 21st century Americans aren't the same, or maybe aren't as good enough, or maybe aren't as good as Americans of 1775. And and, and, and and Mr. Fisher said, oh, he doesn't agree with any of that. He went out and he talked in front of the West Point cadets, and he talked here and he talked there, and they're just all fine people. And it made me understand that actually, uh, you know, he's exactly right. Americans today are the people they were back in 1775. They just don't know it. Right. And we we have said that in this program right from the beginning when we say that inside all of these sleeping Americans is an American that we need to reach in and touch and wake up, and we do that by telling the story. And that it doesn't it doesn't work 100 percent, but in many cases there is a sleeping American inside that hears that story and wakes up. It's like pouring. Yeah, crystal clear water onto parched earth sometimes. People respond like that. It's something they never heard of, and it it's quenches a thirst they never knew they had.
2: Well, I think a lot of folks don't understand that. I think that they look at the folks back then, and they think that uh, that, that type of uh, of a desire to serve their nation, that type of a commitment, to serve their nation is beyond their abilities, or they think it's beyond uh, anything that they, can, that they can call up, or that, or that they, as one person, is not going to make a difference. And I try and tell folks, uh, especially those folks that are still there uh, at the end of the day on Sunday, and you're exactly right, the folks that are there at the end of the day on Sunday, they don't want to leave. Uh, very seldom do I get away from an event before-after-dark on Sunday because if people are willing to stay, then I stay with them. If they're willing to talk, I'm going to stay there with them as long as they're willing to stay. I'm not going to tell people they got to go home. I stay there with them, and I talk to them, and I continue to tell them how important it is. And I tell all the folks before we leave on Sunday that I don't care if you just got here yesterday from some other nation, from, from, from some other country, that once you're here, once you're here in America, the thing that makes you an American is the realization that the same spirit, the same desires, the same abilities that ran through the, through the veins of those folks back at Lexington Green, at the North Bridge in Concord and along Battle Road back to Boston, that same blood is flowing in you. Uh, not that you, you don't have to be a direct uh, descendant of them. It doesn't matter because that same those same abilities are flowing in your veins right here and right now. you have the same abilities you have the you have the same capabilities as those people. You can be just as great an influence on this nation as those people were and when they when they think about that and they understand that that's when that when that bulb flashes on in them and and they realize that they can. There's nothing that's stopping them. There's nothing that's standing between them and their ability uh, to affect uh, effect the, the safeguarding of the liberties and freedoms uh, that we hold so dear. They can do the same things. And when they realize that, uh, they are a changed person.
3: Well, I think what you're saying is that the key aspect of this is the American Revolution. And by that, I don't mean the Revolutionary War. I mean what John Adams said about the American Revolution. It's was a revolution in the hearts and minds. And that's a revolution that should still be alive today. It, you know, it was never supposed to die was never supposed to be in the history books or consigned to the history books. That was for the Revolutionary War. But the American Revolution itself was supposed to continue because the very values that were ignited in their hearts and minds back then are supposed to be the values we have now. And when you look at it that way, it's all perfectly common sense. And yet when you go out in your yard and there's your neighbor over there and you say something about the American Revolution, uh, he's going to look at you like you're nuts. Um, Actually, some years ago, I found out that here in our local county, and I don't claim that our county is different from any other county, I suspect our local politicians are cut from the same cloth as elsewhere in this country, but uh, in dealing with the local county, I quickly found that the Bill of Rights is some moldy document that's moldering away in some some protective case in some faraway town called Washington. Bill of Rights has nothing to do with the local politicians, and you know, it's just amazing when you when, when you experience something like that.
2: Right, and and the folks, so many of Americans today believe that they no longer have a they no longer have a place in our system of government. Uh, I think some of them have just given up. Some of them are, are just ignorant of it, but a lot of them have given up, and and we try and tell them at the events that uh, that your government is not the president, your government is not your congressman, it's not your senator, it's not any alphabet agencies. I tell the folks, I say the government, at least a small part of it, is standing right here in front of me today. You guys are the exact folks that are written up in that document that says, we, the people of these United States. And you need to take ownership uh, of that responsibility. And uh, a lot of folks, that just that right there uh, is almost an electrical charge in them, making them understand that, that they can't sit on the sidelines, that, that the time for sitting on the sidelines is long past. They have to. They have to get involved, and and this is one of the best ways that they can do it, is to become a part of the Amplify program, help push the program forward, help wake up uh, each and every uh, sleeping American and drag that spirit out of them if necessary uh, to remind them that they have a direct connection to those folks who stood together on April 19, 1775, they are they are those same people,
3: and if apple seed is the way we wake them up, then key to making this program a successful is giving as many people as possible apple seed, and that's where your brother was kind of interesting earlier, Rusty. Yes. Uh, he wasn't. You know, I guess he's not an instructor, and you probably talked to him about it. I'm sure he twisted his arm a little bit about it, and uh, but I get the impression he's not. Uh, you know that part of the program doesn't appeal to him yet. He said he had some other kind of volunteer program he's working on, but that's okay. I, I didn't contradict him. I just kind of thought to myself, uh, you know, apple seeds in your future. You just don't know it yet. But <laughs> well, just to good. see him he was a doing, bit of a
2: surprise.
3: He was. He was doing a critical part of the program when he was talking to other people about apple seed. We have to get people to apple seed and the, only, uh, the 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 best way we've found so far is word of mouth. So he probably doesn't know how important, you know, just talking about the program is. And, and you know, clearly he's helping the program, even though in his own mind he's, you know, this is not his primary, um, you know, voluntary activity.
2: Right. And, and
3: I I hope, I hope you'll thank him for doing that because that that is a, That is uh you know, we can't we can't have the impact we want unless they show up, unless people show up.
2: That's right. And I told you that uh you know, I I've talked to him about it before and I could tell from his uh you know, from the way he listened to it that uh that he wasn't quite ready for it and uh And then just a couple of weeks ago, I sat down and talked to him with him about it uh, at at a much greater length. And he told me then he said, "This is making my head hurt." And uh, you know, because uh, I told him, I said, "Yeah," I said, "You know, there there are a lot of folks uh, who don't want to hear this because when you hear the message, when you hear uh, the truth of things, which is our country is in need." of maintenance. It's in need need of protection, and uh, it's time for us to provide that maintenance uh, in order to ensure that our country continues to run smoothly as it was meant to. Once you hear that, you have two options. You can either uh, continue to say that uh, that's beyond your scope or that you don't have time for that, or you can say, all right, I've heard the message now, and and now that I've heard it, I have to do something. But that is a big decision for most people. It's uh, because that means you have to change a great many things in your life. You have to accept the fact that your country does need you, and then you have to you'll have to start making some sacrifices in order to fulfill your obligations uh, to the nation. And and that's a very hard decision for a lot of folks. And uh to be honest uh, you know I, he 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 runs a very long hours and he runs he does he has a great deal of uh of work and for me to hear that he was actually uh, that he was actually doing what he 's doing was kind of a surprise to me because he he said because I only have a couple of hours a night available and uh, mm-hmm. you know he said a lot of times when I come in, all I can think about doing is is getting something to eat. And then uh, trying to shake off the, the the day before I go to bed, and uh, and obviously he's taking a little, little bit uh, different track. So I'm very appreciative of that.
3: Some people work long hours because it it fills up time where they might otherwise have to make choices. I'm not, I'm not saying your brother's in that category, but um, there are a lot of people I think who are in that category.
2: Right, and I have. Uh, Let's see, I have I have another question for you here from from Old Glory saying
3: All right, I was gonna say if this is another question from Old Glory, you need to get a hold of her and get her on this program and, and, and make her tell you her story. Because her story <laughs> is one of the better stories in this program. And I know she's having a lot of fun, you know, sending these questions to you and she's probably even laughing as we're we're talking now.
2: Well she tried to so, pass this one off on, on uh uh, Coley cat, uh, but I, but I just lost it. It just went off my screen. So, uh, you just heard that oh glory that, uh, uh, Fred says you're supposed to call in and tell your story. And, Absolutely.
3: uh, and I can, I can the, set it up. I can, I can set her story up with, with another story, which I like. And that's, uh, that's very early in the program when, uh, Uh, believer one of our instructors one of our first instructors in fact he was the instructor at our first boot camp that we ever had in september of 2006 but he had a son who was uh, john eric who i think was 11 and um, he used to take john eric with him to apple seeds and he of course had taught john eric the six steps of firing a shot you know how sometimes when you when you get in front of an appleseed crowd and you go through the six steps of firing a shot, they're just a little bit slow in terms of being able to pick them up and rattle them off and Believer had this little trick to help i guess help motivate them uh, He'd say uh, he'd pointed to John Eric and he'd say, "This kid here he said i I was on my way to the Appleseed, and uh, uh you know I saw him by the road, so I picked him up and on on the way into the appleseed here i i I told him what the six steps are." And he can remember them and repeat them perfectly. So then he say, "Hey kid, tell us the six steps." Well, John and Eric, of course, can go right through the six steps, perfect. And I remember this particular apple seed. I believe it was in Birmingham. Um, and I can't remember who said it. Now, it could have been me who said, "Okay, John and Eric, if you're that smart, give them to us backwards." Now it could have been a Believer who said, "Give them to us backwards." I think it maybe it may have been. Believer probably said something like, "In fact, John Eric is so good, he was so fast about picking up these six steps that he can say them backwards." And sure enough, John Eric said them all backwards, including putting four B ahead of four A. And you know, when the when the adults standing around see this eleven-year-old kid being able to repeat those steps so 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 fluently. In a way, it kind of motivates them, and, and maybe even encourages them a little bit. You know, if an 11-year-old can learn them, surely they can learn them. But at any rate, um, um, for one of our apple seeds out on the West Coast, I think it was Grant's Pass, uh, believer brought John Eric with him, And uh, some family out there showed up with a 5-year-old girl and a 7- seven- or 8-year-old girl. And they had chipmunks. Now, five, as you know, is a little bit young. But this was early right. in the program before we had a lot of experience in terms of dealing with kids. And uh, at any rate, so I put John Eric with the five-year-old and the eight-year-old. And he worked with them all day, going over the six steps, uh, coaching them, encouraging them. And those, those, those two little girls looked up at him like he was an adult. And uh, I was so sorry that we didn't get a video of that because it was just uh, in a way in a, in a way it's the apple seed spirit, I guess you could say, and that we uh you know our goal is to teach rifle marksmanship, it's also to teach history and heritage, and um we don't worry about a lot of other stuff than that as long as as long as somebody's willing to teach it uh you can be thirteen years old, you can be seventy eight years old it makes no difference. But uh, old Glory's got a really good story, and uh, I want you to badger her until she comes on the air and tells everybody. Well,
2: she said uh, she has in all capital letters, Fred. You tell it better than I do. I told her to call in and uh, and tell her tell her side of the story. All right, we've well, got.
3: Uh, it is a good story, and if people, if you got, if you got a couple of minutes, I, I can tell it to you. It, 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 it,
2: uh, All right, let's hear it.
3: It's a, it's a great story. I first met Carly Cat when we were out in California. It was my first trip out to California for the April nineteenth event back in two thousand eight. And, uh, of course, I had no reason to believe that I ever crossed paths with Collie Cat again. He was from Wisconsin. He was out in California visiting his brother, and his brother said, We're going to the Appleseed. And uh, it turns out that it was very effective with Colley Cat. He sort of caught the Appleseed spirit. He went back to Wisconsin. <coughs> he told his wife, he said, Honey, we're going to the Appleseed, and uh, there's one coming up here in July in, in in Illinois. He said, We're going to drive down there to it. And she said, No. She said, I don't want to come to it. She said, I don't want to be out in the sun. I don't want to be out in the dirt. I don't want to be out in the out there where the bugs are. I don't want to sweat. And um, it seemed like to me her mother-in-law finally told her she had to go. So she decided to go with him. But she told him, she said, honey, before we go, I want you to promise me that we're going to come back Sunday because our son and daughter-in-law are having a birthday and we're gonna we're putting a party on for them. So Collie Cat agreed to that. And they went to the apple seed. It was actually a three-day Appleseed, so they went down Friday. So Saturday night, they're driving back up to Wisconsin, and they're naturally talking about their experience. And Collie Cat says there's sort of a pause in the conversation, a silence. Then all of a sudden, Old Glory says, Honey, do you think we can cancel birthday parties tomorrow and come back for the Sunday Appleseed?
1: <laughs> and it's such,
3: a, you know, it's such an unexpected, you know, I guess an unexpected comment. You wouldn't think that she you know, would be thinking about hmm, Appleseed or birthday party for our son and daughter-in-law. Which do I want to do and come down on the side of Appleseed? Well, i sure she, she thinks, was thinking so,
2: that... Uh, They'll, um, you know, they'll they'll have another birthday next year.
3: <laughs> That's absolutely right. In <laughs> the meantime, you know, the apple seed is tomorrow. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, I'd say it's interesting this program appeals to such a wide range of, of people, and uh, in a way, it reminds me of a, um, I guess, my favorite last line as a benediction. Where I tell people i say i want I want to leave you one last thought about everything that you heard and experienced today, and that is that on April nineteenth seventeen seventy five the oldest American to die fighting was eighty years old, and the youngest to die that day was thirteen and I guess we all respond to different aspects of that day uh, but in that simple statement. It summarizes that this was a people. This was a people back then. And they all. They all. When the when the when the time came, they all showed up. And I guess it may have stimulated the you know that saying we have on our new golf fancy golf appleseed shirts? The one that says Project Appleseed, it says thirteen colonies. Right. The next line says one nation. The next line says one people and the next line says one day. And in many ways that summarizes. That summarizes the apple seed worldview. Thirteen colonies, one nation, one people and one day.
2: Well, that's a, you know, I I listen to the history. Uh, I tell it as often as I can, but now, you know, when you're training new instructors, you have to give them the opportunity to do it. Otherwise, I would hog it up uh, myself and do it. But one of the things about the program is, And about hearing the history is I don't care. I don't care how many times I hear it. It's always, uh, it's always a wonderful uh, chance to hear the story again, and to relive the history. And I tell you, every time I hear it, the history. uh, There's nothing. There's no way I can stop myself from holding myself up uh, side by side with those guys and saying, and you're comparing myself with them and saying, is this something I could have done? Is this something, am I, would I be worthy of that, uh, of the sacrifices that they made, of the commitment that they made? Could I do that? And... And, of course, my answer is always, you know, I, I hope so. I hope that I would be that person. The the number of folks who were actually, uh, who started out on April 19th and who were still with it eight years later was actually very small. I mean, the number of folks uh, who went the full distance, who went the direction, was very small. And yet there there was... A good number of them, and you know, I'm constantly asking myself: Is is you know is that do I have that in me? Am I that? Uh, am I am I do I have the same abilities as those persons? The same commitment, and uh, and I hope that I do.
3: Well, you're exactly right. That the story never gets old, and the story never, never gets stale. I enjoy hearing it every time, every time I hear it, and uh, it's 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 caused me to um, think about the irony of if we're successful in this program of revitalizing the American Revolution in the hearts and minds of 21st century Americans simply by using uh, what those people did back on that long ago day as an example to wake them up. And if you think about it, what those if we're successful in doing that, and what those people did back then not only resulted in their eventual victory after eight years but will also result in a revitalization of 21st century America. In other words, what they did back then saved their country in the 18th century and if we're successful, it will save the country again in the 21st century. I mean, think about that for a minute. Do you think the founders would be you know, pleased at the thought that you know the impact of what they did on that one day has doubled. I mean, it 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 it, it not only fired up Americans in you know two hundred years ago, but um, you know it could fire up Americans two hundred years later.
2: Well, we don't have we don't have any information on what they would think uh, if we answered the call. And we did it, and we and we fixed the problems. But we we do have several statements on what folks think on what they are willing to think about us if we don't. So we do have that information. That we do have the the quote from Samuel from Samuel Adams. I mean that's uh that is a uh, a good indication of, of what he was thinking. Uh, is that if we if we didn't answer the call, if we forgot what they did if we uh, if we didn't remember the sacrifices that they had made in order to bring us the freedoms and liberties that we had in order to bring us this nation, then he's going to he wished that they would never have made those sacrifices and I think he had a right to say that they all have a right to say that
3: well, that was actually John adams I mean John Adams. Yeah. The, the, yeah. The point. The, the point is made, uh, and that's that's another uh, that's another seminal quote from from that time, which can easily penetrate into your heart. Um, the quote that I the other the other quote from John Adams that I really like is the one where he says, "The war with a question mark." He says, "The war had nothing to do with the revolution." The war was the mere fighting part. Of course, I'm paraphrasing like mad here. Um, but he said the American Revolution had nothing to do with the fighting. He said it was won before the first shot was fired. It was one in the hearts and minds of Americans. And I gotta tell you, the first time I heard that, uh, uh, there was a, there was a there was an instant dawning recognition that that this was what the American Revolution about was about. It was about the hearts and minds of Americans. And when you go outside and you say to your neighbor, you know, what do you think about the American Revolution? And he looks at you like you're nuts. It, it tells you what kind of job we've got cut out for us. It tells you how much the country has slid. It's an explanation for why the ship is taking on water as fast as it is. And it's also, it also instantly tells you that the American Revolution was never supposed to die. It was never supposed to be in the history books. Yeah, the Revolutionary War, sure, but not the American Revolution itself. So I think I think we'll be doing the founders a, a great service if we take the example of what they did back then and are successful in revitalizing the American Revolution some five or six generations later. I think they'd really like us for it. I think they'd be pretty charitable and say, you guys, you know, you really don't know the sacrifices we made. But by gosh, you really sure as heck did a heck of a good job of bringing the American Revolution back to the American people. And that's where it should be in the hearts and minds of every American.
2: I'm going to bring another caller on with us. Uh, area code uh, 630, you're on the air. Six three you're on the air. Okay, area
3: code... Uh, That's, uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Area code
2: 617, you're on the air. Hey, it's crack. I'm still on, I guess.
1: <laughs> oh, <laughs> okay. All right. (laughs) I'm just listening on the phone. But, uh, yeah, you know why that John Adams quote penetrates? Because he was literally talking right to us. first word in there was posterity. And that's for you, me, his kids, anybody that came here on a boat or a plane before they even invented planes. He was talking to any person, whether they just got here yesterday. Those are the people he was talking to. So... He wasn't talking to himself or the people around, him. he was talking to future generations. So that's why I'm I'm out there.
2: Well that is the that is the whole creed, that's the whole idea behind what we're doing. You know, the the Appleseed program is designed for just that. And I tell the folks uh uh on Saturdays the reason it's Appleseed is uh, in honor and in remembrance of the fellow who went across uh, the uh the country putting apple seeds in the ground. And why did he do that? So that he could sit there and water them lovingly, and then he could himself benefit from the fruits of those seeds that he'd planted. And the answer is no. No, he put the seeds in the ground, and then he moved on. And that's what we do. He put the seeds in the ground, and we move on. And part of the uh, part of the instructor's... Uh, uh, contract is that we're going to keep on doing this. We're going to keep on planting these seeds, knowing that we may never know the results of our actions. I mean, we may never get a pat on the back from somebody saying, "Good job, what you did, uh, you know, worked out well and it saved uh, the nation." We may never, ne- we may never get that pat on the back. We never hear that, but we're going to keep on doing it. Anyway, when well, we used to use the analogy of the Titanic sinking, I said, that's the guys that we want on our side. The guys who, uh, you, have two guys, you have two groups that are sitting there on the Titanic. When it got hold, you had the, the one group that just sat there and, uh, and, while the band played on. And they refused to even acknowledge that there was a problem with the ship. And if they did acknowledge, then they just ran around in circles saying, oh, woe is me. Who will fix this? Who will save us? Then you had the other group, the people who decided to do something about it. And before they were given uh, the buckets, before they were allowed to help, they were asked, are you willing to to go down into the hold of the ship? Are you willing to uh, bail the water out and find the hole and fix it? And if they said yes, then you asked them the next question, which is, well, if you go down there, are you willing to bail until the water gets up over your knees? And if they said yes, and you ask them another question, are you willing to bail until the water gets above your waist? Yes. Well, if they're willing to do that, you ask them the next question. Are you willing to bail until the water gets up to your neck? And if you are, are you willing to keep bailing even when the water is up, to, up above your lips and you have to tilt your head up so that you can, you can breathe while you're bailing? Are you willing to go that far? And if they say yes, then you hand them the bucket and you send them down there.
1: Well, I hope it doesn't get that bad. <laughs> I hope this works sooner. But if it doesn't, I'll be there. Well, that's
3: it. But the a- crack does point out one important difference between the guys back then and, and, and most of us today, and and that is that uh, they were fighting not only for their own liberty that that day, but they were also fighting for future generations. And most of us today, I guess it must be some... Um, frivolous attitude we've got, with uh, uh, you know, full of self-esteem and uh, being concerned about our own particular pleasures every day. But we don't seem we don't seem to have the same concern for the next generation that they had back then, and certainly we don't have much much in the way of concerns for future generations and you know you got to say why should we have concern for them because most Americans now don't don't think in the terms that they thought in uh you know back then. Most Americans don't think about liberty these days at least not as it relates to some greater context than their own particular lives. They want the freedom to go to the movie and I guess that's liberty to them. And they don't understand. Uh, they, uh, you know, and, and of course it's because they they have a basic ignorance of of the history and the heritage. You know, I asked a guy the other day. I said, "What's the difference between the history and the heritage?" And I was really surprised. To, you know, it was no stumbling at all. He said, "He said heritage is history that you care about." And it's absolutely true. I mean, Russia has a history, but none of us care about it. We right, but we do care about it, and that's when it turns into a heritage.
1: Yeah, Fred, do you remember when we were in Hartwell Tavern? We met a guy named Ranger Dave who uh, seemed to have all his ducks in a row. Knew what he was about. Yeah. Yep. We met him. We met him on Sunday, in uh, at the North Bridge, and he Did was. You have an extra appleseed t-shirt for him. Uh, no, but he knew exactly who we were. <laughs> it was really? it was fantastic. And he knew exact. he remembered us. He, yeah. Ranger Dave is probably standing out there somewhere right now telling a group of people that they need to save this country, right? That's, this is the kind of guy Ranger Dave is. And he brought up mm-hmm. the point exactly what you just said, where the uh, Redcoats of the time, they were in the business of putting down insurrections in Ireland, Scotland, India, and in all these places they could succeed because they destroyed the educational system where they hadn't succeeded here in doing the same thing. And the reason they were going out to destroy the education system seems obvious to us, but it's, it's genius. If the people are ignorant, they will believe anything you tell them. And uh, it worked everywhere else. In some cases, to this day, and it didn't work here because uh, the the people meeting in the pubs, they knew their history, they 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 were reading the 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 great works of the time, the great philosophies, and they were discussing them just like uh, I guess any any American today would be discussing uh, the the stats of their favorite baseball team. You know, everybody was doing it, and you could not put one over on the people of that day. And he said what we were doing is so important because we're undoing that very hoodwinking. Where was he at? This is a guy named uh, uh, Dave. Uh, he's a ranger. Uh, I forget his last name. Starts with age. It's an Irishy kind of last name. And he he works every year at the uh, Minuteman National Park. And I've I've found him in different places uh, the times I visit him. Uh, the the park. Uh, he's he was at the North Bridge.
2: Okay, because I was at okay. Northbridge, uh Let's see, last year, and uh,
4: uh-huh. and
2: the uh, the ranger was a it was a lady. She was giving. I think she said it was one of her first talks about it.
1: <coughs> and
2: uh-huh. uh, and God bless her. She was uh, she was uh, uh, she really hadn't read a lot of the book, I guess. And uh, it was very painful for me. And my wife was kind of laughing because uh because the lady was telling the, her you know her story and uh, so much of it was incorrect not just in my opinion but just according to uh, according to the books and stuff and uh, I actually raised my hand at one point and my wife grabbed my arm and pulled it back down because, <laughs> because I wanted to help her
1: out uh, you know what well, she got. You the- have a lot of common with Fred. Uh <laughs> Fred went down I've been there three times with Fred, and the first two times, everybody we'd come in contact to, he was kind of giving them the business. Uh, he was asking them questions they couldn't ask answer, uh, kind of dumbfounding them until we met Ranger Dave in the Hartwell Tavern. And Ranger Dave uh Ranger Dave knew what he was about. I'll just leave it at that. In in a total more than just knowing what the history is, but knowing what why it's so critical that we never ever forget it.
2: Well, this this lady was uh, she was telling the story, and she got to the point where the uh, uh, the three companies were coming back from the, the Barrett farm, and she said that the uh, the militia was the the colonists there were so confused. They were all wandering around in a confused state, and uh, the British regulars managed to just walk by them because they were so confused. And uh, I said, uh, under my breath, I go, that's it. And I raised my hand, and my wife, she was very serious this time. She grabbed it pulled it down. She goes, if you don't stop, we're leaving. And uh,
1: <laughs>
2: So uh, I didn't say anything, but I just, uh, it was hard. Now, Fred, you, you didn't you... Uh, didn't you tell one gentleman who was in costume that day? Didn't you tell him that if he was uh, if he was really serious about uh, about what he's doing, that he would have a musket?
3: Yeah, there was a guy on the north bridge. Uh, um, when we were walking up the north bridge, and he had the colonial costume on. I mean, he looked like a farmer or I guess a shopkeeper or something back then. He had a staff in his hand. And uh, as we got close to him, I said, You know, if you're real serious, I said, That'd be a musket. Knowing full well that John Parker's musket was hanging on the, symbolically hanging in the, you know, the legislative chambers there in uh, Boston or wherever the, wherever, whatever the capital of Massachusetts is.
1: Um, yeah, the, the count this weekend was he, uh, he was. he was kind was of One, one was, minute he was, he was man. Kind of <laughs> we had a minute man with no musket, a minute man with a fiddle and a red coat with a musket. <laughs> so we're in trouble I guess. Where's the guy when you need him?
2: Let's see if we got uh if this guy is uh is back on the air. Area code six three zero, you're on the air. Six three zero seven seven four? You're on the air? okay uh area code five eight zero chris five eight zero two seven eight you're on the air okay. is this chris I don't think he's getting any reception okay well, I'm hoping that uh I'm hoping that uh, we'll get the numbers tomorrow for uh, the total number of folks uh, that uh, signed on tonight. I think that we got around 440, 400 and uh, so online. Uh, I know we'll have more than that total, but that's how many we had uh, online at one time uh, tonight. Now, I've been pushing the the low-tech high-yield method uh, during every show because uh, right now that is when we do our, uh, our meet and greets in the morning on Saturdays, that's the answer that we always get. Uh, the majority of the folks are there because someone asked them to come. Somebody directly uh, heard the words out of someone else's mouth asking them to come to an event. Somebody brought somebody with them. And I'll say this again: we've got uh, uh, we've got right now on the forum we've got uh, six thousand seventy three members. All it would take to instantly double overnight is for each person just to ask one other person, just one. You ask one other person, you get them involved. Now we got twelve thousand members of the forum. That's how easy it is. This is the uh, low tech high-yield method, the same thing with going to an Appleseed event. And I know a lot of you guys do it because I hear it at all the events. I'm here because of so-and-so. I'm here because of so-and-so. We're all here because of so-and-so. And I ask you to continue in that method because that's what's working for us now, the low-tech, high-yield method. Uh, continue to ask another person to come with you. If we could do this, if we did this in a in a bunch, uh, we could instantly double our size, and uh, we double our size to six to twelve thousand, and we ask again for one person, just one, then we go to twenty four thousand. That's how easy this can be. This is a secret method that was conveyed to me by Fred.
3: Yep, it would be easy. Unfortunately, it's not. Uh, it's not going to be easy. I think life is Delta Sahana cards. It's going to be uh, uphill all the way until you get those billboards up there in Texas.
2: We
1: well, this tech- will just, the billboard in Texas will be the
2: first, and then. Uh, and then we'll just start popping them up state by state and
0: uh,
2: hopefully collecting the rewards on that. Area code 805, you're on the air.
0: Hey, Scout. Hey, Brad. Savage Shooter.
2: Hey, Savage. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing well. How are you guys?
2: Good. Welcome we were to the just, show.
0: We are just thinking about California. Were we? I was, too. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I just want to um, give a shout-out and tell everybody, remind everybody to make sure that they approach their ranges to get more more events posted for the year.
2: Okay.
0: And, you uh, know, after the big shoot, you know, it's always a good time to talk to the range host and, and get some more dates set up. Right, and let me inter- add to
3: that. For, for shoot bosses at, at, at any shoot, they should always be, uh, they should always be aware of how many future events are scheduled for the balance of the year, and they should wherever possible be talking about um you know adding adding some more adding some more events at that location for for this year savage shooter has, has looked at the numbers we have um savage you're still there right
0: yeah I'm here I'm here,
3: <laughs> okay, okay, what was the total number uh of events so far this year uh not only. Well, since January first up until the end of the year, what 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 was that total? Five
0: hundred and
3: thirty-eight. Uh-huh. Uh huh. The this this program has a history of doubling the numbers every year, but as a his- a, a a separate track for the number of apple seeds, the number of apple seeds each year is tripled, and which means that we had four hundred and fifty last year, and if we are if we want to continue that triple track. Then we should have uh, 1350. 1300, 1,350 this year. Yes. And um, how many did you figure we have to add? I mean, you got to figure that to get on the schedule before, before the end of this year, they generally speaking will have to be on the schedule by about the beginning of November. So we've got between now and November to add almost 1,000 somewhere between 800 and 900 apple seeds. Yeah, yeah, it was just
0: over 800, yeah.
3: Yeah. So how many did you figure out we have to add every week? Oh, gosh, uh,
0: 27, somewhere like around 30. And I've gotten like five dates today. So we'll Uh be adding those, but, you know, we need to, we really need to ramp it up.
3: That's what I was saying earlier about this program grows because of the energy we put in it. It doesn't grow by magic. It grows by the energy we put in it, and uh, so we've got to make sure that everybody's still out there trying to nail down every, you know, every date and every location for as many apple seeds as possible. If we can get 14, if we get 1350 this year, if we can continue that tripling for one more year this year. And if the average attendance at an apple stays um, roughly around 20 per apple seed, uh then we would have 28,000 people this year, where our goal is 20,000.
0: 20, right.
3: If, if that's the case, we will exceed our goal by almost 50%. And, uh, you know, I see signs that this program could be slowing down, and there are also some signs that suggest the program could be, as the potential at least, of speeding up.
0: Okay, well, I just wanted to, like, you know, get that out there, you guys. I would let somebody else ta- talk and call in. I know everybody wants to say hi to Fred, and everybody have a safe shoot this weekend and make it a good one, make it a great and one for for Madam why, why and Not, or for Jackie. Why okay. not? Well, listen, let me add.
2: Why not? Let me add this to uh, Savage's request, and this should be a fairly easy thing too and just the right time to do it, is we still need the uh, range recommendation letters. We need these for the packets uh, that, we, uh, that we give to ranges when we're asking them to host a shoot. Uh, so if you go through the shoot, uh, wherever you're at, whatever range you're at, you go through the shoot. At the end of it, if they're satisfied with the uh, with the event and with the appleseed program, ask them to please write you a recommendation letter, so that we can get these uh, uh, we can get all these letters, get them together, and then we can add them to the uh, to the range applications when we talk to the ranges and stuff, because a lot of ranges uh, still uh, don't know or they don't understand the program. And we have enough ranges now. We have enough ranges that are happy with the program, that want us there, that all you should have to do is just ask them for a quick letter. It doesn't have to be anything big. Just please to give you a quick letter uh, for range recommendation, that uh, they enjoy the program, they think it's beneficial for their range, and they would uh, recommend it to uh, other ranges uh, that are considering it. So if you would please do that, I would
3: appreciate that also. Yeah, Good point, Scout.
0: Okay, bye, guys. Thank yeah, you, Savage.
3: Thanks, thank you for calling in. Okay, thank you, guys. Bye-bye.
2: Bye-bye. Yeah, if we can get the range recommendation letters in, this would be a great time to get it because uh, we're going to have uh, a lot of uh, big events. and I mean, a lot of the events are going to be uh, uh, large ones, and uh, it. It doesn't cost you anything to ask the range for a quick letter, so if you guys would do that, we would certainly appreciate it. Okay. If anybody has any other questions or anything, you're welcome to call in. Uh, The uh, the number is 347-308-8790. I know it's getting late. But uh, we've got another 10 minutes, and uh, uh, if anybody would like to come on and uh, if they have anything they'd, uh, they'd like to say before this weekend, then now's your chance to get it. Uh, we've got Fred here on the line, and uh, we welcome anybody calling in. Uh, that's 347-308-8790. We appreciate everybody's participation uh, this evening, and uh I'll say once again sir, that it's never too late to promote, to, to continue the promotions uh, for the program. Uh, you can go to How to Promote Appleseed on the forum. You can see the, uh, the thread there that Nick has started, and it will give you the radio station locator. You go there, you get the local radio stations, uh, you call in and let them know, that we're having the events local to them, and uh, that will be the equivalent of putting out between uh, 1,000 and uh, 500,000 flyers. So be sure and sure. and do that. Okay, uh, we've got another caller here. Area code 530, you're on the air.
1: Five, three, zero, six, three zero. Six three zero? Yeah. Hey, Scout. It's Eel again. Hey, Eel. Welcome back. Welcome again. How you doing? I'm doing good. Yeah. We kind of got cut off there when uh, Hawk came with those great numbers for the uh, pre-regs for this weekend. Uh, I just wanted to, to do one thing. I wanted to plug the uh, big shoot that Illinois has coming up in September, uh, in honor of September 11th. The shoot on uh, September 11th, 12th. We're looking to fill a line here at a range that we got in Illinois that is big enough to hold 300 shooters all at one time. And okay. uh, that, that would certainly be a picture worth a thousand words that would have to bring a lump to your throat, uh, seeing 300 uh, Americans all at one time fighting off a volley at a, at a set of Redcoat targets. Uh, I did send a bunch of flyers out to our neighboring, uh, neighboring states here by Illinois and they're going to try to pump it up uh, this weekend at the shoot. But obviously, we'll take people from all over the country. Uh, like I said, Appleseed isn't just a state-oriented thing. It's 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 about America. And we would love to have people. I know Pop said he's going to drag a few people up with him from Texas, and uh, I think old Grunt might be on his way up. And uh, we'd love to have anybody you can. All right. Well, we'll Where do that. I'm sure that we we'll mention it. Where is this going to be, El? This is going to be in Watermill, Illinois. It's about 50 miles due west from Chicago. Uh, nice range. Uh, it's got a 600-yard range, which they're going to give us for the weekend. That's how we're going to be able to spread these, uh, these shooters out onto one line. And uh, I think we're going to have some great photo opportunities. Uh, I think our biggest shoot to date is in Indiana and that was back in 06. I think there was somewhere around 155 or so shooters. Uh, that was quite an event, and a lot of people that are in the program today only hear stories about, "Well, oh, you should have been at the big shoot down in Evansville. And uh, this is going to be their opportunity to get into the biggest shoot ever in Appleseed history, at least for this year. We're, we're going to see what we can do next year, but... Uh, we're looking We're looking to get that 300 number, and uh, we're not going to quit. We're going to persist. We're going to persevere. And one way or another, we're going to get 300 shooters there. And uh, I think if, if you want to be a part of the newer part of the Appleseed history, you know, you weren't around in 06, you couldn't have been there, well, you get this one. So it's something you want to get registered for. Okay.
3: Uh, we want to put Illinois on the short list for getting the billboards up too, Il. You
1: what now?
3: I said we want Illinois to be on the uh, on the short list for for the billboards. I want you guys to start working on that. Get a hold of Scout and uh, he'll he'll give them whatever ideas you got. Is that right, Scout? You've got somebody who'll actually craft the the uh, I don't know yeah. what you call it. Yeah, we have we've got
2: a uh, full time uh, designer, a professional designer that's what he does for a living and uh, you get the ideas in and we can turn the uh, we can turn the project around in just a couple of days and have it ready to go.
3: Mm, we're that's a, that's an interesting. Illinois. We're looking at Illinois, we're looking at Ohio, Indiana and uh California. California as being some of the first states along with uh along with Texas. That's not to say we stopped there, but uh probably you know, we want to see what kind of you know reaction we get from putting up the billboards I mean, if it turns into a flood of people coming to appleseeds um, you know we we want to be prepared right oh, uh, yeah. uh, you guys in illinois have a have a good strong um you know appleseed program going there, and I think you can probably you can probably handle a few more people than you have now. Well, and, and
1: you know what, I guess that's a credit to not just Illinois but the entire Midwest. I mean, we're surrounded on all sides with some outstanding people, uh, Wisconsin, guys, Indiana, we Missouri. Know we know you guys are the best. Ah, come on now, Fred, you're trying to get me in trouble. I know better than that. <laughs> I'm not going to fall for that.
3: California, what's that? Texas, what's that? <laughs> <laughs>
1: No, seriously, the Midwest I think is uh, is alive with apple seed. There's a there's a whole bunch of good people here that are working real hard. Uh, Indiana, Ohio, Kentucky, uh, Tennessee, Missouri, all that. Wisconsin, uh, even Minnesota is starting to take off. They were they had to work really really hard up there in Minnesota, and they finally got it rolling and uh, Aftermath and and some of the other guys up there, I think, have really done a knockout job, and um, Minnesota's starting to come along, so that that's that's good to see. Well, okay, so up.
3: you're gonna get together with your guys and uh, shoot some ideas to to scout for what you might want on your billboard, and scout. You'll talk to your to your to your guy who does these, and he uh, you know, he may come up with his own ideas about. Uh, you know, billboard for, for Illinois.
4: Yeah, yeah, can,
1: oh yeah, absolutely. You uh, give I'll, the uh... Ideas.
3: And, and we don't. You don't even have
2: to give us uh, a complete list, but you know better in Illinois. You know what the folks there will uh, listen to, what they'll respond to. So you give us uh, the ideas, and then uh, what Kirk will do is he'll turn around and uh, and give you uh, eight or ten examples, and then out of those we can refine. Uh, we can refine what 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 you feel will work best and then you start looking at the locations. I I can send you a uh, a list of locations that are available in your area and you can look at them and decide uh, where they'll go.
1: Where, where are the best place you think that they could go? Yeah, that that would be outstanding. I I mean, we uh we're starting something this year, we're putting a survey together. Uh, to give to the shooters, to find out where they heard about it. We're, we're getting a lot of response from the gun show activity that we've been involved in. Um, you know, we want to see where we need to focus our efforts and, and what efforts are wasted. And I think that billboard would be a, a good idea to look into. Uh, we're going to have kind of an unofficial Illinois-type meeting towards the end of the month. Uh, Garand and Guy and Pat and some of the other guys up here, and and we'll, we'll work on a few ideas and get a hold of Scout and uh, pass those on. I think that would be outstanding.
3: Yeah, does he know what's uh, what the Texas billboards going to look like?
2: Does uh, he know? I don't think he does know. No, I can quick can, word uh, description. Okay, it's uh it's going to be a fourteen foot. Tall by 44 feet wide sign. Uh, it'll be lit 24 hours a day on the major highway. It'll be, the background will be a, uh, an old uh, photograph of the uh, uh, Alamo. On the left-hand side, it'll have the RWVA logo. And uh, across the top, it will say, uh, Texans, will you answer the call again? And then at the bottom it has the RWVA website, and then uh, on the left side, on the right side, uh, it will have a phone number to call to uh, to get more information. And what I'm doing is I'm just going to grab uh, a handful of track phones and have the uh, the phones so that the somebody can always answer
1: the phone uh, mm-hmm. and uh, direct folks to it. I think that's a great idea. You know, the the telephone thing. We've added a couple phone numbers on our flyers for simply the fact that the people want a response right now. And, and I think the phone ID is a, is a good thing. Uh, you know, the yeah, go home and go to the website. They forget what it was and all that. Driving down the road, they can real quick jot down a phone number, or for that matter, even call right from their car. Right. And they can uh, the number right then and there, yep. and get uh, get a response. I think that's a good idea. I like that. I don't think that Texas one will work up here in Illinois, but we'll just have to tweak it a little bit maybe.
2: <laughs> well, like I said, you you know what the folks up there are gonna respond to best. It doesn't have to be uh you know, it doesn't have to be anything like what we're doing, but uh you know what they'll respond to. There there's plenty of other ideas, there's plenty of pictures, there are plenty of uh uh historical events. Uh there's of course, there's the revolutionary war. Uh so you guys put your heads together and figure out what you think is going to work for uh, uh, for your uh, location, and then send it to me, and we'll send you back uh, uh, the uh, the examples.
1: We'll do. I'll uh, I'll put Castle Mountain on that. You know how he is. He's kind of crazy with the whole graphics idea, and he'll just eat that up. And uh, we'll get some basic ideas, send them to him, and then uh, we'll get some down to you. I like that idea, Scout. I appreciate that. Alright, well guys,
2: we're out of time. Uh we're uh, this is the what we're what we're saying right now is being recorded for the archives, but we're no longer streaming live. But I want to tell everybody uh thank you for what they uh what they've done so far and what they are planning to do to help the program. Uh thank you, Eel, crack, everybody who called in and Fred, thank you for uh devoting the block of time to us tonight.
3: Well, certainly we want to thank everybody who participated in the virtual muster nights. Uh that would be something that would be great to continue and to to build on. Uh I don't I'm not sure everybody understands yet exactly what the, you know, what the real benefits are, but I think the fact that the third one has been better than the second one. Uh suggests that the word might be getting around on it. And uh, of course, eel I thank you. I thank uh, Crack. Everybody in this program deserves a pat on the back every once in a while. Um, and, uh, you know, without 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 our volunteers, this program would go nowhere. So the fact that this program has been advancing as fast as it has is a credit to everyone in it. And it's incumbent on us to make sure that we don't become complacent or, or um, you know, overconfident and slack up because when we do that, when we slack up, we're going to see that the uh, the pace of growth is going to reflect uh, uh, is going to reflect uh, that. So we want to keep we want to keep the pressure up. We want to keep the momentum going. So anyway, yeah, it was a pleasure tonight, Scout. I'm glad I was able to get through to you, and um, um, we need to do this more often.
1: All right. Well, thanks
2: everybody, and uh, we will see you again Tuesday night, this coming Tuesday night, for the after action uh, of the April 19th event. So everybody can call in and uh, let us know how their events went, the high points of it, etc. So we're going to be doing the after action this next Tuesday night. Until then, uh, God bless all involved in this. Uh, good luck and good skill to each and every one of you. And we will see you on the beach. Good night, everyone.
4: Hey, Scott.